turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Some are denominational leaders. Some are seminary and college professors. Some are religious radio and television personalities. Some are seminar and conference lecturers. Some are pastors. Some are popular authors of religious books. And what are these individuals doing hanging outside the narrow gate? They're busy telling people their view, not God's view, but their view of how to get to heaven. But the message that they are speaking forth is the message that will lead these folks to hell. Because it is not God's message of salvation, it is a false message given by false prophets. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Today we continue our study of the Sermon on the Mount, but we will be moving on to a new subject as we discover what Jesus had to say about false prophets. Pastor Steve has been serving for over 27 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These daily Bible classes are a part of that expository teaching ministry. Not long ago, I needed to replace some floor tiles, so I bought a nifty new tile cutter. It had all sorts of nice features, including a low price. Unfortunately, I had to take it back because it flexed in the middle and shattered every tile I tried to cut. I'm glad the store was willing to refund my money. Just as my cheap tile cutter failed its test, The phony imitation of the gospel that false prophets have for sale will someday fail as well. Sadly, there will be no opportunity for those who accepted a second-rate imitation of the gospel to get a refund and exchange it for the genuine good news. Jesus knew that there would be wolves in sheep's clothing trying to draw people away from the only means of salvation, and he gave us a clear warning. So if you have your Bible, Please open it to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Here is Pastor Steve to begin our lesson. Years ago, when Michelle and I were in France visiting some of our missionaries, we took a trip one day to the famous Louvre Museum in Paris. And on that particular day, the museum was filled with a large number of aspiring artists who were attempting to improve their skills by painting copies of some of the great masterpieces. Apparently, this is a very common technique used in developing artistic talent, and I have to say some of those copies were very good, and some of them not so good, need improvement. But once in a while, someone paints a copy of a priceless original that can barely be distinguished from the masterpiece. Now, what's true in the world of art is also true in the world of Bible teaching, just as there are genuine Bible teachers who speak forth the truth of God's Word, so there are false Bible teachers who claim to speak for God, but in actuality they mislead people by bringing a deceptive, 
counterfeit message. The Bible calls these fraudulent individuals false prophets, and Jesus spoke very candidly about them in his Sermon on the Mount. So I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. And I want to read to you verses 15 through 20, which we actually won't be able to finish today, but this is an introduction to this marvelous passage of Scripture. Jesus said, beginning in verse 15, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Now, the first thing we need to to do in our study today is, as we consider these words of our Lord, is we need to ask a question. What are these words about false prophets doing in the sermon at this point? I mean, a sermon is about to end. Starting at verse 13, Jesus begins to wind down the sermon. It's, he brings it, he's bringing it to a close. What is he talking about false prophets now for? Why bring this up at this point? Now, let me remind you, to, and to answer that question, I have to remind you where you are. I just mentioned that in verse 13, starting with verse 13, Jesus begins to conclude. It's the, it's the beginning of his conclusion to this sermon. And in verse 13, notice what he says. He says, enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. Now, as the Lord begins to draw his his sermon to a conclusion, he begins to invite the unbelievers in the crowd that day to enter into his kingdom. This is, for the most part, this sermon has not been evangelistic. It's been a message to disciples. But now that the Lord is concluding it, it's in essence what he does is he turns to the unbelievers and he says, you've had enough. You've heard everything you need to hear. Now it's decision time. And I command you to enter into salvation through the narrow gate. Entrance into the kingdom is through the narrow gate, and and that's what he likens it to be. He likens coming into his kingdom as to going through a very narrow gate that leads to a narrow road, which leads to eternal life. But he also tells them that they have a choice to make. And the choice that they have to make concerns the fact that there are not only, there's not only one gate there, there are two gates. There's not only a narrow gate, which represents the one way and only one way of salvation through Jesus Christ. But there is another gate which stands before them. He calls it the wide gate, a gate which opens up to a broad road or a broad way, which leads to eternal doom and ruin. And Jesus said, you must make a choice. It's a choice that only an individual can make. Your parents can't make it for you. Your spouse can't make this decision for you. Your friends can't make this decision for you. You must decide which gate you are going to enter. But as you stand outside of these two gates, pondering, looking, thinking, thinking through, what will the cost be of becoming one of Christ's followers? Counting the cost, considering the matter of genuine repentance. What will I need to give up? What will I need to turn from? What sins will I, will I need to just turn my back on? 
As you are pondering these two gates, Jesus issues a critical warning for you. He says, beware of listening to the false prophets, those deceitful preachers and teachers who claim to speak for God, but their message seeks to persuade you not to enter into the narrow gate of salvation. They are there telling you, don't go that way. The way to God is much broader. They're misinterpreting the narrowness. And that's where this all fits in. You see, the reason Jesus followed his statement about entering the narrow gate to his kingdom with a warning, a stern warning about false prophets is because he knew that just outside the narrow gate is where these false prophets hang out. In fact, it's their favorite place to hang out. Some are denominational leaders. Some are seminary and college professors. Some are religious radio and television personalities. Some are seminar and conference lecturers. Some are pastors. Some are popular authors of religious books. And what are these, what are these individuals doing hanging outside the narrow gate? They're busy telling people their view, not God's view, but their view of how to get to heaven. But the message that they are speaking forth is the message that will lead these folks to hell. Because it is not God's message of salvation. It is a false message given by false prophets. They are there telling you not to go through the narrow gate. Life is not narrow like that. Jesus was all love. Jesus was broader than that. There is no one way, just as all roads at one time led to Rome. So all religions and all ways, if you just have a love in your heart for others, it'll lead you to God. And that's quite frankly, the, the, the heart of what Jesus is saying. Knowing that these false prophets are just outside the narrow gate, trying to lead you astray, the Lord warns us to stay away from them. Don't listen to their deceptive message. And the way he warns us is by telling us the truth about these false prophets. He gives us three important truths about them. First of all, he tells us that they are dangerous. They do pose a threat to unbeliever and believer alike. They are not to be taken lightly. Secondly, he tells us that not only are they dangerous, but they can be detected. And he tells us how to detect them, how to recognize them, how to know who they are. So they're dangerous. They can be detected. And false prophets, he tells us, are doomed to judgment. They are doomed to judgment. They will be judged. They are unbelievers and they are children of hell who want to take you with them. And so these are the three important truths that Jesus tells us about. We'll not be able to cover all of this today, but we, we will continue our, our way through this. Now, folks, the primary purpose in the Lord giving us these truths about false prophets is to protect us, especially unbelievers, from listening to men and women like this, who will tell you that the broad way is the way to heaven. But these truths are also very helpful for believers. If you already know Christ, you need to listen closely because what false prophets have to say can affect us as well. See, false prophets can prevent believers from entering the narrow gate. We've already entered. We've already trusted Christ. We're already converted. And salvation is eternal. And so you are secure in your salvation. Jesus made it very clear in a number of statements, but especially John chapter 10. My sheep hear my voice. They follow me and I give them eternal life and they'll never perish. I don't know how... How the Lord could have made it any clearer. They'll never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. So, so we are secure in our salvation. False prophets can take you out of salvation. But they can make your life miserable in salvation. They can make your life miserable by confusing you and opposing the narrowness of the Christian life. So that, so that their messages are filled with untruths that are designed to discourage us from, from following Christ. 
And they discourage you by telling you that, you know what, it's really all right any way you want to live. You want to be immoral, have sex out of marriage? That's all right. After all, you're already saved. What difference does it make? Does it make? Jude says that false teachers give a license to sin. They say, look, you're saved by the grace of God, so do anything you want. And they, and, and they just lower the standards and the narrowness of Christianity. And it's not just moral lax, uh, lax uh, attitudes, but it's in all things. And so, in other words, these truths about false prophets are critical for us to know because they will protect you from deviating from the very narrow way that the Bible says we must go if we're to follow Christ. So let's begin to work our way through this passage by discovering the first important truth that Jesus taught about false prophets. And it's this. He said, false prophets are dangerous. They're very dangerous. Notice how he begins in verse 15. He starts off by saying, beware of false prophets. Now, this is a clear warning. He says, watch out for false prophets. That's what beware means. Watch out for them. Now, before we can, can even begin to understand what the Lord is about to tell us concerning false prophets, we first need to understand exactly what he meant by the term false prophet. You see, he really doesn't clarify it here. And the reason he doesn't need to clarify it is because Jesus gave this message on the Sermon on the Mount to a Jewish audience. And they had no problem understanding who false prophets were because Israel's history was filled with false prophets. So Jesus didn't have to explain to them. They, they already knew it. But today, I'm afraid that's not the same. Because today, when we hear the term prophet or prophecy, it's related to a prophet, we tend to associate those terms with giving a message about the future. If I said to you we're speaking on prophecy, you would automatically assume that it's about some prophetic future event. So based on that view of a prophet, we, we might jump to the conclusion that a false prophet was a man then who gave an inaccurate prediction dealing with the future. But that's really not a complete picture of a prophet, nor is it an accurate description of a false prophet. See, a prophet in the biblical sense was a man who spoke for God. Regardless of the exact nature or content of his message, he spoke forth God's word. He was, in other words, God's mouthpiece to communicate divine truth to the people. His subject matter could be about the future, and it often was, but not necessarily. So sometimes... His message was foretelling in which he did tell something before it happened in a sense of future, of the future. But most of the time, it was just foretelling, speaking forth the truth without any prophetic overtones. In fact, how do we know this is what a, a prophet really is? How do we define it this way? How do we know that our definition is right? We know it because of how God defined it. I'd like you to look in your Bibles to Exodus. Turn to Exodus chapter 4. This is the conversation that God had with Moses when he was calling him to be the leader to his people and to speak forth his word. And Moses very foolishly argued with the Lord. Not a good thing to do. And the Bible says God's anger was kindled against Moses. But in the midst of this conversation, we get a very, very clear picture of what a prophet is to be. We'll break in in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, please, Lord, I have never been eloquent Neither recently nor in time past, nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it, is it not I, the Lord? 
Now then go, and I, even I, will be with your mouth. Notice that. I'll be with your mouth and will teach you what you are to say. In other words, I'll be, your, I'll, I'll be the one giving you the words. You be my voice, my mouthpiece to the people. But he said, please, Lord, now send the message by whomever you will. Not a wise thing to do when God says do this. He's arguing with God. Then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses, and he said, Is there not your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know that he speaks fluently, and moreover, behold, he's coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he'll be glad in his heart. You are to speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I, even I, will be with your mouth and his mouth, and I will teach you what you are to do. Moreover, he shall speak for you to the people, and he will be as a mouth for you, and you will be as God to him. So from these verses, we understand that uh, a prophet simply meant they were to be the voice or the mouthpiece of God to the people. So if a true prophet then was to be God's voice to speak forth his truth, then a false prophet is someone who doesn't speak for God, yet he claims to. He claims to, but he doesn't speak for God. The Old Testament prophet Jeremiah battled with the false prophets of of his day who told people that that everything is fine. Judgment was not coming. Judgment is not coming at all. Those false prophets said, don't worry about it. Relax and listen to how God described these false prophets in the book of Jeremiah. You don't need to turn there, but I would write this down. Jeremiah 14, verses 13 and, and 14. But ah, Lord God, I, I said, look, the prophets are telling them you will not see the sword, nor will you have famine, but I will give you lasting peace in this place. Then the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying falsehood in my name. I have neither sent them nor commanded them nor spoken to them. They are prophesying to you a false vision, divination, futility, and the deception of their own minds. And then... Just a little bit later in in chapter 23, verse 16. We're told more about these false prophets. Listen to what God says about them. 23, 16. He says, thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who are prophesying to you. They are leading you into futility. They speak a vision of their own imagination, not from the mouth of of the Lord. And then verses 25 and 26 in the same chapter. I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy falsely in my name saying I had a dream, I had a dream. How long is there anything in the hearts of the prophets who prophesy falsehood even these prophets of the deception of their own heart. Now, now think with me what God says about these these men. He describes them as speaking a vision of their own imagination not from the mouth of the Lord. And then he says, and they speak falsehood. They don't speak truth. The deception of their own hearts. These men tell you what's in their heart, not what's in God's heart. And the things that come out of them are false and deceitful rather than true and honest. That's, that's a false teacher. That's exactly what a false teacher is. And so Jesus told the Jewish people of, of his day, beware of men like this. He said, you know what they're like. Your history is filled with men like this. Beware of them Because they are at the narrow gate telling you not to go there, not to enter in. Now, the question for us is, is this still a relevant subject for us today? We're not Old Testament Israel. We're not in ancient times. We're we're the church and the church age and we're modern people. Do false prophets still exist today? And if they do, are they a threat to us? Is this even relevant for us, pertinent for us to study? 
The answer is yes, they do exist. And yes, they pose a very serious threat to all of us. We know that they exist today because the New Testament makes it very clear that false prophets were not limited to ancient Israel's history. They existed during the early days of the church and they will continue, the Bible says, to exist until Jesus comes back. In fact, 2 Peter 2.1 says this, but false prophets also arose among the people. People he's talking about are the Jewish people, the nation of Israel. And he says, just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies. Peter says they existed long, long ago. They exist today and they will start to enter into your churches and introduce destructive heresies. Jude tells us not only did they start to enter in, by the time Jude writes his little letter, he tells us they've arrived. They've arrived. When Peter wrote it, they were just starting to infiltrate the churches. When Jude wrote his letter, they're in full bloom. In fact, most of the New Testament letters, the epistles, were written by apostles addressing false teaching in the early church. So they they were there. They're in the church age, and they will continue until Christ himself returns because Jesus said in Matthew 24, 24, he predicted that at the end of the age, just before he comes back, there will still be false prophets. He said false prophets, or false Christ rather, false messiahs he means, and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead even if, if possible, even the elect. So they will be here throughout this age. These false pseudo-prophets are still with us today, and they will continue to be with us. But the New Testament, though it mentions this, doesn't always call them false prophets, and that's why I want to expand your thinking. Sometimes they're called false prophets, but sometimes they're just called false teachers. Why? Because they teach heretical error. They don't just teach minor secondary issues. A false teacher is not someone who you might have a disagreement with concerning a, a prophetic interpretation or the mode of baptism or, or how often we should have the Lord's Supper. That's, that's not what we're talking about. A false teacher is someone who introduces heretical error. He denies the validity of the gospel message. And so they're called false teachers. Sometimes they are referred to as false apostles because they claim to have divine apostolic authority. They may not call themselves false apostles, but they have the same attitude of an apostle. It says, I speak from God, I have his authority. Paul refers to them, the apostle Paul refers to them as false apostles in 2 Corinthians 11. And sometimes they're even referred to, especially by John in his first letter, as antichrists, because in their opposition to Jesus, they deny the full deity, and humanity of Christ. But regardless of what they're called, whether it's prophets or teachers or apostles or antichrist, they all do the same horrible, deceitful task of claiming to speak for God when they don't. And the reason they pose such a threat to everyone isn't simply because they're wrong in what they say. I mean, that's part of it. It's not just that. It's because they are like savage beasts whose ultimate purpose in deceiving you, in speaking error, is to get you to think that not only do they speak for God, but their true intent is to destroy you spiritually. They want to devour you. They want to to ruin you. Our time is running out, but I hope you can join us next time as Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff continues this study of false prophets from Matthew chapter 7. Pastor Steve has been serving since 1981 
at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These daily radio Bible classes are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry supported by listeners like you. Here's Pastor Steve to tell you how you can help make these classes possible. I'm Pastor Steve Kreloff with a special message about why people like you choose to support Verse by Verse with their prayers and financial gifts. Two things come to my mind. One was a lady who wrote a letter to us and said, you make the Word of God sound easy. I mean, that was, she was saying, you, you make it understandable. And I actually hung that letter up in my office. You make the Word of God easy to understand. And that's really what we want to do. If you've been blessed through verse by verse, please consider supporting this ministry with prayer and your financial gifts. You can call 727-441-1714. That's 727 727- Four four one one seven one four, or drop us a line at P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That's P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. I hope you will pray about how you might participate in this ministry. Our time is up for today, but we plan to be back next time to continue this lesson. In the meantime, may the Lord give you discernment so you can spot and avoid spiritual wolves all around you. Until we meet again, this is Peter Silseth saying so long for now. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's verse. We're here to give you strength between.